This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Kelsey gets there. Another good kick from him, and here's Houghton now. Houghton going past one man, finding Wagstaff. Wagstaff turning well, setting up Chilton. Hello, everybody. <laughs> We're a little bit late um, because uh, our. I mean, you might have forgotten that Joel is part of this podcast, but we did try and get him on this episode. But I do promise he's backstage. Hopefully, he sorts his uh, technical issues out and we can get him on. Um, but and, and a nice episode to start um, as our first genuine proper episode, really, isn't it? Um, you know, reviewing a game and then looking forward to another one uh, of this season. Um, a lot of new signings uh, in you action. Know, he just God. slandered our preview episode. Oh, yeah, our, our, our episode was great. The preview episode was a good episode. I'm saying it's the proper, the first actual review. I'm not the getting first, into it. I'm not first game not rising. already. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not rising to it, Will. Right, so we, we got a lot of new signings. We've got the new kit. We, you know, a lot of fans are in the stadium. You know, fans back in the north stand as well, behind the goal, making a lot of, uh, lot of noise and, and being a bit naughty, apparently. Yeah supporting your team bad people um so we've got quite a bit to talk about and then obviously we'll look ahead to preston as well um good memories of that place last year um hopefully we can uh obviously do the same this year and have a nice six points on the board from the first two games that'd be lovely uh but obviously before we start this episode uh we are sponsored uh by six yards out which is basically your home for retro memorabilia. If you want to customise a phone case, you want a cushion for the sofa, some coasters, anything like that, you can basically choose your own Hull City kit design to put on it uh, and, and they will sort it out for you. you can, there's a request a kit feature you can go on. So if you wanted the 1988 kit, for example, you can have that requested and put on a mug for you. Good Father's Day gift, for example. Uh, and we are also sponsored by Pearson's Bar in Hull. Uh, very, very lively pub. Uh, there was a lot of supporters trust there, I believe, on, on match day. I was meant to be there, but... Um, I had a very busy day and had to be elsewhere. Um, I think Adjun was in Tiger's Lair, wasn't he? Uh, but Pearson's obviously the place to be for. He was. He's, I think he's doing a, a tour de hull, isn't he? A, a pub crawl each game. Uh, but Pearson's Bar, I'm obviously on Prinny Ave, uh, the place to be for your pre and post match beers. Uh, go down, see Jimmy, lovely guy. Uh, right, so Bristol City, I, I, I think we actually all attended, didn't we? I was there. I we saw you there. after the game, didn't I? I always attend. Yeah. Well, yeah, you we were all there. Yeah, we were part-timers, Will. You, you seem to forget that. Uh, but I, I thought that um, it was a bit of a game of two halves. Uh, obviously, so we'll talk about the first half. We obviously went down 1-0 at half-time through an Andy Wyman goal from um, the, the set piece, which I think was quite clumsily defended. Uh, but what, but taken away from the first first half then, Will, what, what, what was your impression of the first half? I very much well, me enjoyed the wrong way. I was very happy to be honest with the what I was seeing from the team, even though they were one down, because I liked that we seemed to be there was a marked improvement on the way we were playing football from last season, I felt already. And I think it was partly down to obvious well, I said partly it's obvious, it's down to the new signings, to be fair, of people like Seri and Seri in midfield. And two funny midfield who just seem to have more about them going forward and creating. Mm, yeah, we did look a bit more lively. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I tweeted at half time saying that we looked a bit. I, I just thought to me that we looked a bit slow. It was a bit, um, 
we weren't probing enough. We were sort of allowing Bristol to keep their shape and playing the exact way that they wanted us to. Uh, in that, you know, it was very back to the back three across side to side. We weren't really asking many questions and then Bristol would pop one ball in behind and Vyman would be through on goal. And that seemed to be very successful for him in the first half. And it just kind of looked a little bit like we'd got a lot of signings chucked together, which realistically it was uh, in the first proper competitive game. But like you say, the, the way we actually kept possession was quite uh, encouraging, I thought, but we just didn't really offer much in terms of an attacking threat. Uh, is that something you agree with, Nathaniel? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we played more football um, against Bristol City than we had done last season. We're actually passing the ball along the ground a bit more and we weren't necessarily relying on the wing play last season. Because, of course, when you've got the wingers, especially when Lewis Potter was at wing back, we did sort of just, you know, focus focus all the play on him, uh, him getting the ball forward that way and, and with Fleming later on. Um, yeah, so I, I said this, a similar sort of thing at half time. I thought even though we were a bit slow, when we actually get the ball forward past the defenders to the midfield players who were more creative um, and played well, especially in the second half, we looked quite dangerous. But uh, I think the second half, we did actually improve a lot. Uh, and, it, and you know, we were proven right that they, uh, there was promise first half. There were a few good moves, but generally it was second half where we got a whole lot more dangerous. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, it was a very promising first game. Um, the first half, even if we'd lost because of the way we'd played, it was still quite promising. And, of course, to go and get the result in the end was even better. Yeah, yeah I was happy regardless with the way we played. I was I was looking forward to seeing what we'd yeah. do. Because it, it was a, a better performance than last year. Set out the same sort of point of the season. Because you'd think other oh, teams probably not going to be fully gelled with all new signings until October time, maybe. And yeah. they already look like they're well on their way. Mm-hmm. It seems be be ahead of schedule as I would. Mm. Um, <laughs> I think we'll move on to because um, the referee, I think, overall for both teams had a pretty poor game. Stinker. Um, yeah. So, I mean, in the first half, it seemed to me like Bristol City knew exactly what they were doing. They were trying to buy fouls, and the referee was giving them. But I'm going to draw attention to. And I think we know where we're going with this. The the two penalty shouts within like 30 seconds that we had. You mean the assault uh, on Greaves and then the assault yeah. on Oscar? Yeah, both of them I think were Stonewall penalties. I mean, mm-hmm. um, the Jacob Greaves one, you can see the momentum. It's shoulder into his back. Um, that's a foul anywhere on the pit. The defender's nowhere near the ball and Greaves has gone no. past him and he's clattered into him. I think that was the more the worst of the two. I thought the one honest opinion later on was a little... That would have been soft. But generally, I think we probably deserved two penalties out of the three uh, suggested. Because I, I don't know about the S opinion one because from where I was sat, the, the ball that was put in by Siri, S opinion's going to put his head on that and at the very minimum test the goalkeeper in a very dangerous way or score. So to me, it, there's absolutely no need for him to go to the ground there because he has a chance to score the header. So That's the fact that, yeah, so because he's about to head the ball, the mm. defender has pushed him again in the back and it, it, it he's just waved them both away. I mean, I thought the second one was guaranteed to be given because he didn't give the first, but then when he didn't give the second, it was just absolute pandemonium. Yeah, it was, it, it's, it was very frustrating because I think, like you say, anywhere else on the pitch, they are both immediate fouls. And because they're in the box, I think referees sometimes double-guess themselves because obviously oh, it can be such a... Not sometimes, a big... it's just all the time, really, yeah, I think. Yeah, all the time. Um, and obviously then... And obviously uh, then Bristol score from what I think was quite a, a sloppily defended set-piece. You know, it goes to the far post, it's headed back in and, you know, the the our players sort of moved with the momentum and they're, they're all towards Ingram a bit too much and Vyman just sort of volleys it in. And, it, you know, it was it was quite a drab first half, but coming into the second half, I think, you know, we we, we, we definitely upped the tempo a bit. We looked a lot more dangerous and uh, Siri and Tufan. I mean, I want to give, um, I want to ask you about Tufan, Will. So over the course of the entire game, what was your opinion on him? Because I was sat um, in front of um, about three or four people who for the every second he was on the pitch, were absolutely berating him, saying he was fat, mm. overweight. Was you was you was you sat near Dan Gosling? <laughs> I don't. I, I might have been. I don't know who I was sat in front of. If you're watching this, yeah, um, uh, I do. I do what think. What nonsense! The North Stand was saying that because you had a fucking great game. 
but that that no, but me we were laughing because we we couldn't understand what he was seeing because I I saw I saw a midfielder that was willing to go box to box. I saw a midfielder who was willing to track back after a corner. I saw and he did a get stuck in as well. Yeah, and he had he had he had a good chance where he hit the cross uh, the the post. He he played some nice passes in behind for especially out wide to the likes of Coyle. I just think he looks. Yes, okay, maybe he doesn't look a hundred percent match fit, but to me, he looks perfectly fine in terms of the the more he goes on, the better he's going to get. He looks very creative. He looks like he's got work ethic in him, and he does. He looks nothing like the player that the Watford fans said would give. So, uh, do you agree, Will, or did you see something different? No, I agree. I think he had a great game. I thought he looks. He didn't look fully fit, but that's because none of them are fully fit really in the first day of the mm. season. Um, yeah, I thought that bit of play when Serian Tufan had the bit of football that ended up with him hitting the post, I think that sort of summed up how we've changed because I don't remember us doing that sort of football at all last season with the players we had in midfield, like all the dummies and feints and the slide passes. And hitting it from outside the box. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. We had so many few shots from that sort of region last year. It was, you know, crosses and, uh, you know, Lewis Potter coming up with something. But that was a proper good move. Even when, like, be, I, f- uh, I feel like even when we got promoted under McCann, we weren't passing it through the middle. We were just scoring lots of set pieces um, or the wingers cutting inside to score. Uh, you know, Seri jumping over the ball like that and then the technique too found hit it, even though he missed. I just that was so much better than any of the things we'd seen last season. Same with Smith earlier on, because he jumped over the ball to let Estepinian run through on goal. I thought he was being a complete idiot leaving it, but he'd obviously seen something and maybe they planned that out. So, you know, those are proper exciting moves and they clearly, you know, they know what they're doing. That's planned. They they're looking to see where the ball's going and they're creating chances. And, you know, as you've said, if that's the first game we've played and not all fit and then imagine how good we're going to be in 45 games time. Mm. Well, I think um, considering that we had so many, um, obviously, debutants in, in, in the side for this game, we'll, we'll talk about each and every one. So we, we, we just spoke about two fan. Um, Seri, you see, uh, my my only inkling was that this season with the, the midfielders that we had is that we are going to miss the Smallwood style defender, a proper old school number six who's going to allow the likes of Surrey and Tufan to control the game in the way that they want to. Um, but I, I think I saw a side to Surrey that says we don't need that. I think Surrey's got both of that in his locker. I mean, I, I checked on the stats just to double check, but he, he definitely won the majority of his tackles. He won three out of the four that he attempted. Um, so have we got that sort of complete midfielder in Surrey that we're, we don't necessarily need to make any more additions in that sense? I'll open that to anybody. I'd argue we've got two complete midfielders there <laughs> in Serian Slater. Mm. Yeah, they, 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 can, like... they could play anywhere, really, couldn't they? Those two. Um, Seri created the most chances in the league um, on that opening game. Um, but then he's also a, a more of a deep lying defender, but one that has a whole lot better distribution than Smallwood ever would have had. So, you know, what a signing he is. And he played really well as well. Now, so, welcome, Joel. That was <laughs> so Joel introducing you. himself there. Yeah. <laughs> Joel speaking to us in, in technology. Yeah, you back out now. <laughs> so, Joel's back will be removing swiftly if, you, if that carries on. Uh, Joel, how are you? It's nice to see you. You haven't been on in a while. All right, you? <laughs> yeah, we're not bad. Um, what did you think to the Bristol City game, then? We, we've just said our thoughts on it. What did What was your view on it? Yeah, it was a good good start to the season. I've got to come out of work, guys. <laughs> I'm going to end up killing you all. Let me try and figure out what's going on. It's very bad feedback. <laughs> well, that was a nice what, what cameo we, from Joel there. What were we talking about? Serian Slater. That, that's what we were talking about. Carry on. Slater's good, isn't he, as well? But yeah, I think that, that combination... Maybe neither of them are exactly number sort of six. Is that a defensive midfielder or number six? But together yeah. they can both do enough defending because Slater and Seri have played there, but they are more... Because you can have like a Tom Huddleston defensive midfielder who's there deeper because he's got the passing forward in you know, a range to get forward or Smallwood where it's more defensive. But I think then combined behind a two fan or maybe another t- number 10, 
who is more attack minded, I think that would be the perfect sort of duo. Mm. Um, technically not a new signing because we had him on loan last season, but Ali are obviously coming back on a permanent, which is very good because he's a very exciting playing wing player. back. Yeah, playing wing back out of position. Can I just say he was my man of the match uh, before we? Uh, Seri was Same, very, very good and deservedly. But I for me, he was very good. For especially in the first half, he was probably our only attacking player that genuinely looked as though he was a thorn in Bristol's side. And um, the fact that he's technically, well, I don't know, is he a natural striker or is he a winger? He's played in so many different positions, but technically, he's a he's an attacker, and we played him in wing back, and his his willingness to run back, track back, defend, tackle. You know, he, he he really did where, like, he'd left nothing on that field. And I, I was really, really impressed with him. And his versatility uh, is going to become very, very important this season, I think, um, because I, I said at the beginning of the game, we're going to miss not having a left footer on that side to whip across in. Uh, but he proved me wrong because even cutting in on his right, he was just forever dangerous. And that little cross that he did for Estepinion that he just missed on, that that we need to see more of that in product, that. I think. But um, I, I, I did, I did like his performance levels. I think he's going to be a very exciting player. I think I'd probably like to obviously see him up top alongside maybe a Tete or an Estepinion. But if if he can play like that in that position, then then throw him anywhere on the pitch. And I it's think good to know we've suddenly got a backup in the sort of wing back role. Yeah, we need yeah, it. we've got well, we've got Elder, haven't we? I mean, of course, we shouldn't ever play Elder allegedly because of what he, the horrible things he's allegedly done. But uh, I think Alia will be a great player if he can just add a bit of end product. Because um, there was one I mean, he's playing back. wing back. Yeah, but th- there were a few times, or there was made one major time where he was through and with his left foot just hit the side netting with a cross, which wasn't very good. But, you know, he's a great player and he's got all the attributes. But I'm sure it will come eventually because he gets into so many, uh, op- you know, good positions and he has so much energy that will create his own chances by just getting the ball and pressing as well. Mm. Um, so who else Who else made a debut this game? So Estepinion, um, I thought he he looked the most unfit of the ones we had. He played well, don't get me wrong. I think he, he definitely tried. Uh, but there's, there's definitely another 25% that he's got left you can tell I think he's a little bit behind the game won't he but um he, he you can you can see the kind of striker he wants to be in trying to get him behind and he and he looks very physical and willing to sort of prance on a half chance and, and, and create something from it. Um what was your thoughts on his performance Nathaniel? Well I always get scared when a new striker doesn't immediately score because <laughs> I mean last season our strikers were completely woeful and you know we brought in these two players Tete and his opinion, Tete looked better, but we'll get on to him in a second. Yeah, um, he, you know, he probably isn't fully fit, and we didn't really get enough crosses into him. That the most dangerous he looked really uh, was that Alayar cross you mentioned, and maybe if he's just a bit fitter, he can get quicker onto that and score. And then the the other chance, a good running behind, maybe probably shouldn't have taken a touch and then just hit the keeper with the shot. You know, so there were a few promising moments. His hold-up play looked fairly decent, but he will need a bit of time. But, you know, um, he's got a great record and uh, he's obviously, you know, come from Portugal, got 25 goals last two seasons. He will come good, but, you know, I'm really hoping he gets his first goal very soon, um, hopefully this Saturday, because, you know, we need our strikers to score. But, you know, he was, he was, he was okay. He was promising, but he'll need to do better. Do you agree, Will, or did you see something that we didn't? No, I would go almost that. I think he should have buried his chance he had in the first half, to be fair. He, he took an extra touch whenever nope. he needed to. Yeah. The one-on-one. You let yeah. the keeper get towards him too too close. Yeah, you let the keeper get towards him and make a de- an easy save for him in, in the end. That'll come but, with confidence, is, though. If, yeah. Won't it? Because he'll just hit it first time if, he, if he's already scored a goal. Mentioning mm. keepers, though, um, it was nice. Uh, Ingram made a couple of decent saves, especially in the first half. Yeah. Ingram was. I disagree uh, with that. I don't think he saved us that game. But well, he's a goalkeeper, you know. Um, but he he did make that amazing save in the first five minutes. That's a fantastic stop. It'll take a while for us to see another better save than that. From the head, really, I didn't that. think he'd get to it, and he got really low down. And then there was a good punch at the end, but it was only really the two saves. Um, but yeah, he did well, and you know, it's really good that you can have. I think we think Baxter's better, but the second choice goalkeeper still made. 
important saves. And then low Tutala from Tottenham, potentially. Yeah. I think that's just a backup academy thing because he's hardly played. Um, but yeah, Ingram did well. Seven out of yeah, 10. Ingram did really well, to be fair. Uh, we'll pop, pop that. Everyone did well, to be fair. Yeah, they did. I thought it was a really complete team performance. I think someone who probably gets quite a lot of flack and somebody who admittedly last season I didn't think would be able to do the wing-back position in Louis Coyle, I thought was was one of was the great. most consistent performance throughout the game. I thought Louis yeah. Coyle did very well. I think if he has an extra couple of yards of pace about him, he'd be obviously such much more of a threat. But the fact that he, he the way he is uh, in terms of pace, he does so well getting up and down. Some uh, of his triples were really impressive. Yeah, he's really crossing... Good. The, the delivery of his cross is fantastic as well. I think somebody like Tete is really going to uh, benefit from having oh, yeah. somebody like Louis Coyle putting the ball in for him. As we saw, obviously, for the penalty, uh, I still think he should have volleyed it, uh, but, you know, it'll look cooler. <laughs> but then, oh, do we, we don't have the penalty um, jubilation, do we? Uh, and, the, and the whole um, Bristol City fans complaining yeah, about the one said, Yeah, just killing in the self stand if he just volleyed it. Yeah, it would have yeah, lost. Yeah. Midway through one of his self stand solos. Um so I think the only other new signing was it Figueredo? Uh obviously yeah. well, yeah, well. I absolutely love this guy. Um I just feel like he is gonna be one of these old school, no nonsense, shit house defenders that is gonna absolutely annoy attackers. He just for me, he's another one who's gonna put 110% on the pitch every time he plays, and I just think he's gonna compliment Greaves and Jones in such a way that they're more sort of composed, silky ball-playing defenders, and then you've got this bit of a mean machine monster in the middle that is not going to think twice about headbutting somebody if he has the chance, kind of defender. Um, I, I absolutely love him. <laughs> well, obviously, don't get a red card, but I mean, it's fun to see it. Uh, what was your thoughts on Figueredo, Will? Oh, he's ace. He's great. Love him. Um, <laughs> as not much more I can say than that. Um, he, he, he obviously gives it all because he was I love how he was knackered and dead but still made that run forward at the end and became main striker oh that was hilarious I mean Figueredo's striker and I was begging Doherty to pass it to him because although he probably couldn't run he was in such a good position at the end but uh, yeah I think him I think Forest fans said this he's better playing in the middle of the back three because perhaps not yeah, got the mobility he's, he's, him as, he's him as the middle Greaves on the left and Jones on the right yeah, really. I think that's perfect because, as as you said, they, they especially Greaves gets forward sometimes, joins the attack, and they're the ones who can play the ball out. And there's one good, great bit where Jones kind of dribbled around someone to get on the attack. And uh, yeah, I think having a no nonsense defender in the middle, and then the two younger, fitter or you know uh, more athletic uh, ball playing centre halves is going to be a real good uh, trio. I think yeah. Greaves had these typical fantastic game as well. Yeah. Um, oh, some of the sliding tackles in the second half is amazing. Just was a wall. Yeah, he throws his he throws his body on the line literally, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, I think some of the blocks he makes, the his, his willingness to commit to defending his goal is the perfect complement to the to the more attractive style of his game, where he's going to make basically a left wingers run up the side every time. He's got like that perfect balance, and this is why I think sort of. I mean, we might as well mention it while we're here. Obviously, give him the money he wants. Reported interest from Middlesbrough. Uh, I think a, a very derogatory five million pound offer is never going to get Jacob Greaves sleeve hole. Pitiful. Uh, they could get Jones for that. Perhaps. Uh, why are the club giving him the contract he wants? Give him the contract he wants. Fucking hell. I know yeah, because it's going to cost, you know, 15, 20 million soon, isn't it? Like Lewis Potter. So you want to make sure he's at least he's at the club or at the club for another year so you can sell him, you know, perhaps, mm. you know, just give him exactly what he wants. Yeah. Uh, there's no reason why he doesn't deserve it, but a new signing does. Mm. Uh, so I think the only other debutant I think came off the bench was Yvonne Kerville. Admittedly, don't know much Tete. about him. Oh, Big Tete, yeah. Oh, yeah, Big Tete. How can we forget Big Tete? Um, how I, can I, you forget Big Tete? How can I big forget Big yeah. Tete? He's so big, he takes up more space in your memory. It's my, my gaffer championship fantasy football team is is uh, get your Tetes out. Um, so I think um, <laughs> he... He he's obviously the kind of striker that we're going to throw on as a plan B. I think he, he's he's obviously the big unit hold up player. 
I don't think we've signed him to score many goals, but we've signed him to change a game. Um, obviously, if we ch- decide to go a bit more direct, which I think we started to do towards the end of the Bristol game, there was a lot less of the side-side across the back three and, and, and more sort of getting it up in the areas where we can be dangerous. And obviously, when Coyle flips that ball in and he chests it down and you're thinking, right, you scored here, but then the challenge comes in. And do it right. So before we, before obviously, was that a penalty? Yes. In your yes. opinion. Yeah, absolutely. It's so, funny. Does the fact yes. that the initial contact happened and then he didn't go down until a couple of seconds later change anything? No, but it no. does make it look really dodgy. It does yeah. make it look really dodgy. I, I will admit, when I watched the replays back on Twitter, I thought, oh, we've got away with one there. That was, that's a bit cheeky. But when you think about it, if somebody's going to put the studs in the side of your ankle and you're sort of, your body's readjusting to then shoot and then you, you know, you get a burst of pain down your leg, it's only like advantage in it to me. You know, if, if someone performs a foul and the referee's going to see if the game can go on, but then obviously can't. It's a foul, it's a penalty. But, um, and because he's so big and falls like a big tree, you know, yeah, it, was, it doesn't it was, look right. It was quite but, a common it, fall. It, it didn't look like a penalty at the time, but he definitely gets caught. He gets, you know, stood on his ankle or, or on his foot and he's about to shoot. It's a 100% stonewall penalty. And the fact that all the media seem to be saying it's a ridiculous dive, I mean, they're just. It's not. It's just wrong. It's, a, it's inaccurate. Yeah, it's the focusing out the on 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 the time duration it is from initial contact to him yeah. going down. With, with, which there's, there's a photo of him standing on his ankle, so of course it's yeah. a foul. There is video and photographic evidence that the contact was there. It's just that they're focusing on that 1.7 second interval between him and that contact and him hitting the floor, which I don't, I, I, is bizarre. I mean, I don't, I don't think, know. I don't think the ref helped himself by having such a poor first half for Rose. Yeah. And then having such a poor second half for Bristol. He'd been rubbish all second half. He kind of at half time had decided, oh, I need to even this up. Yeah. Because yeah. in the first is- half, it was shocking for Rose. And then in the second half, I thought he, was, he completely changed tack and was the opposite. It's uh, it's worth noting actually that that referee's been he's demoted. been demoted. He's he's he is, he is refereeing. Yeah, that's one. not that's not exactly true because he rotates between the three leagues apparently. Don't so it's ruin not, it. It's not. No, yeah, I know, but he was poor. He deserves it. He's he's refereeing yeah. uh, Fleetwood. That's a foul. <laughs> see, for, for uh, audio listeners, for audio listeners, I'm lifting up the photo of Tete being absolutely disgustingly assaulted by Cameron Smith. <laughs> Surprised he's not in the hospital. Do we start yeah. Tete against Preston, or we are happy enough no. with Tyler Smith? Nah, because he's a super sub, isn't he? And he's, he won't be fit enough if we don't think his opinion's fit enough with him playing about three or four times as many minutes in pre-season as Tete. Tete won't be able to do the whole ninety minutes. I wouldn't have thought. Mm. Well, we'll get on to the Preston game anyway. Well, anyway it's think, a, it's uh, a, only I mean... the second game, so you want to give him a chance at least to get a bit of run in the side. Yeah, true. Uh, so obviously Vaughan Kerville came on from the bench. It, does anyone actually know where this lad plays? Is he a striker? I, have, I know I he came on. Absolutely in no idea. I think I he's a know, midfielder. I know nothing of him at all. Um, I have asked. Is about it, no, him, Vaughan, asked him, no, he's, he's he's a winger. Is Kerville is right? Mm. Okay. So we just sort of stuck him he, on top. I mean, from from his videos in training, he looks quite a tidy player. He looks quite skillful, but. Um, uh, when when I asked Gabe Sutton about him, he was you know he was quite surprised that he managed to get a move to a championship because he didn't really pull up any trees. At, uh, pardon the pun, Forest Green, is it Forest Green he came from? Yeah, um, that was totally unintentional. Either. By the way, <laughs> it was totally unintentional. Flying um, shot. <laughs> but um, you know, we we've clearly seen something in him that that they haven't, and he, you know, if 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 he's going to be sort of a squad filler player and and make the kind of because I thought he looked quite tidy when he came on he, he did throw himself about and looked quite dangerous but did he touch the ball was... yeah I don't know. yeah he had I a few nice touches right cool. but um but going back to the question obviously does he fall out of the 11 if Malik Wilkes is back for me um, no because I think no. we should be looking to get rid of Wilkes I think what, you you'd have to play Wilkes Wilkes is I mean would you I not give Wilkes a go in this new system, new manager? Yeah, I'd give Wilkes a go. You know, but, but can we not talk about Wilkes? We did that last season. Can no, but this is a different. Of... We're talking about Wilkes in a different light. He's not played, so we can't <laughs> criticize him. Fine. We're talking about we... whether or not he's included in this team. Give him a chance. You know, give I, him another I, I chance. I say let him go. 
if we can get the money for him uh, and we can get someone who's who's better or, or Turkish or something, then I'd like that. But, Not you know, Wilkes is good. Yeah, maybe. He can be. So maybe if... Uh, I'll put him in the shop window, at least, perhaps. Off, mm. maybe, only off the bench. Because we've got the five substitutes. We can might, might as well use that. I'd like to give him. I'd like to give him maybe uh, maybe play him to in be, the cup game. To be honest, uh, Randall Williams is back fit as well. I'd rather have him over both of them. I would personally have him higher in the squad too. Yeah, um, I, think I like Randall Williams, Williams. He'll be playing more than Wilkes this season, and especially because we're playing wing backs. I think wing back could be a really good option uh, to play him there, mm. especially if if Emmanuel isn't playing possibly, and if yeah, Fleming's injured for a bit. We still don't know anything about Emmanuel, do we? We've had no form of. Confirmation of whether or not he's going to be even playing this season. I, I imagine he's he going be. to. He I must be know. because they would not have renewed his contract if they didn't know that he was, uh, you know, coming back shortly. There was there was pictures of him on an exercise bike. Was it towards the end of last season or something? There's so pictures of him training. There's pictures yeah, so of training as well. Yeah. I wonder. It's 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 not one. Obviously, maybe it'll just be you know, a month or something, and he'll be back in the squad, which would be great. Hopefully, but because, we just don't that, know yet. Because I think that wing-back role is perfect for Emmanuel. It's quite a shame that, obviously, what happened happened last season because I think last season we could have really done with Emmanuel in that role. Yeah. Um, especially when Longwing okay. started churning out the, uh, the 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 dire performances he decided to do once signed permanently. Um, <laughs> speaking of Longman, um, we're, we're probably going to use him as a striker. He's not now. even playing and you still bring him up in an episode when, and the fan wasn't even the one who brought him up. We've got to. No, you haven't. Well, he's probably <laughs> back training on Monday, apparently, according to Shotter. So he'll be back after Preston. He's obsessed. Yeah, well, I'm obsessed, but you shouldn't be, Ant. Yeah, I expect better from you. To earn Oscar up top for the show. Yeah. So you see, that's that little and large partnership, isn't it? Well, yeah, well, well it's, it's large you and mean, large. You mean isn't? large and larger? No, that's yeah. opinion's quite. In behind, six, right he's, only, he's only that six foot, yeah. Yeah, I know he's six foot. He's only a couple of inches taller than me. I we need to myself. play Smith and Tete up front because that would just be a fantastic photo. It won't work. Um, together. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, we'll get Smith on Tete's shoulders for a set piece. Um, I think it wouldn't no, be uh, Tete uh, on Smith's shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would work. Yes, I want to see that. Uh, I don't think it'd be a correct Bristol City and Hull City review if we didn't talk about Nigel Pearson. Um, obviously, Being a bar and whinging con. Yeah, yeah. obviously, um, not really changed much since he was our gaffer. Um, still hates the press. Um, I think he's probably turned down from Le- was it Leicester? He was that when he made the are you an ostrich comment? Yeah, that like was at Leicester before he got sacked and they became a Premier League champions team. <laughs> it, was, it was very um, much like the League One season when like, it started with um, Evans at Gillingham. From the first game, they were just salty that City had beaten them. Uh, and you know, what is he talking about? That they dominated the game? Yeah, Even that's if, what I was like, going to ask. The fewer corners, fewer shots, fewer XG and fewer possessions. They turned into a Pearson team and just defended. Mm. Yeah, they, they, I thought Bristol had a clear game plan. They came and they were going to sit deep and they were going to wait for us to try and play ourselves into danger. Then they'd play a long ball in behind to get Vyman on the end of it and try and get him behind. And it, to be fair, for the most of the first half, that worked. Uh, yeah. As soon as they went 1-0 up, though, they changed and they stopped doing that. And they kind of just wanted to defend that 1-0 lead. And we grew more into the game as the first half went on. Obviously, had a couple of half chances from the corner. I don't know, don't know how none of them chances ended up in the back of the net. And then obviously the second half we came out the far stronger team, and I, I just think watching it stats anything we Bristol City did not dominate us in any way, shape, or form. So I don't know where he's got that from. Um, obviously very very annoyed by the penalty decision and, and deciding to try and make more of it than he than he can, I think. But um, no, I, I just, looking looking at Bristol City then, and, and obviously Pearson style the, the the players that they've got. Where where do we think they're going to end up in the league? He's the most boring person managing in the league. I'm going to say 12 because it's the most boring position you can finish. Oh, I yeah. thought it was in 11. That's not much better. Yeah. <laughs> That's better so than gonna... 11 is better than the most boring position in the league. 12th, yeah. That's where I predicted us as well, 11th, because it's boring, but it's not the most boring. 
I think 13th is the most boring though. Pretty in a way. Last, if we go back, I think I said we finished 12, to be quite honest. Yeah. Uh, After that game, games. though, I'm thinking we might just be a little bit higher. Third? Yeah, probably that third. Um, I mean, then when we lose 2 0 to Preston, are you going to change your change your prediction again, the fan? No, because the players aren't fit. They're still gelling and. Uh, you know. <laughs> Okay, uh, so coming on to Preston, then obviously a nice, um, nice memory from last season—a four-one win um, to start the season before it went horribly wrong for quite a while. Um, they look to me, they look less of a threat this season. Obviously, no Cameron Archer. Um, I think overall, the, the strength of their squad hasn't been—they they, they haven't strengthened, in my opinion. I don't think they're a stronger side than they were last season. Obviously, they beat us the last time we played each other at the MKM, one-nil. Uh, Cameron Archer goal. Uh, but we were very poor at home last season. Hopefully, that's turned a new leaf this year. Um, but I, personally, I'm, I'm I'm still quite optimistic about this game. What what what's your thoughts on it, Will? I think it'll be harder than it was last year, to be honest. But saying that last year, it was quite easy in the end. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, Preston are one of these teams where I've not really paid much attention to their transfer dealings. I know they've lost Cameron Arch, so they've lost a big one, but. Seth Van der Berg, who's probably their best defender as well, has gone back. He was on loan. Yeah, it feels like they'll just be one of those sides, probably mid-table, who have a good run at one point. And hopefully he's later in the season late. But I think they're one of those, it's just hard to predict, one of those middling mid-table teams that you've no clue what they're actually going to take up and be like. I did the Bristol, um, the, the Preston preview yesterday, uh, was it? And um, they, looking at the players they've signed, including my rival, uh, Benjamin Woodburn, who I don't want us to sign ever because um, we get keep getting linked with him, they haven't really improved the team. I think Brady is quite a good addition, but he won't play much. And then they lost Vandenberg and Archer, so they're probably weaker, I think. Um, and they didn't. They, they seem to play better than the result suggested against Wigan, but I think it's a, another decent chance and uh, hopefully we can get at least a point on the board because it is tougher going into Norwich and West Brom and things soon. But I think we've got a decent enough chance if we play like we did second half. And, you know, a whole other week. This is the game week that the season should have started because the pre-season was a bit early. So hopefully we'll look a whole lot better and, We'll have a few more players off the bench as well, which will help. Mm. I think um, there's only really a couple of uh, players of note, I think, in the Preston side, really. There's uh, um, obviously Emil Reese Jacobson was very good from last season, um, mm-hmm. so it will be a threat. Um, I, I, I watched a preview last night with Infanuel, and I think um, it was D- Deepdale Digest was suggesting that maybe he's got a bit more of his game that he needs to work on, so he's not the complete article yet. and Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we we get him on one of those games where he's he's, he's lacking in some areas. Um, ben Whiteman, uh, very good player, uh, sort of runs the runs the game from midfield, sits in that sort of destroyer role in front of the back four. Um, so he's going to be someone who's going to be keeping his eye, obviously, on Surrey and two fan, trying to keep them quiet and limit the chances. So um, you know, he's, he's another one. And uh, uh, Daniel Johnson always always got a goal in him from range. So you know that closing down that high line that we play is going to hopefully play a part that, you know, he's going to have his chances restricted. But other than that, like we say, I think it's a, it's a rather, you know, standard championship side. Um, I would definitely take a point against Preston. Yeah. Four points on the board right. for the first two games, um, going into the run of fixtures that we have that are going to be very tough. I think it's very important. I, I think I said to Gabe on the preview that it's important we start well. Even if the performance is there, I'd be okay. If we lost by, say, a goal or something, but we, you know, we were either the better side or deserved something. It, it gives you that confidence to go into the run of fixtures we've got that, you know, we're a side that can mix it and, and we'll do something because this, this will be a tough run. Um, and hopefully we, you know, we come out of it with our heads high kind of thing and in a good position with some yeah. some form of pedestal to, 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 to build on going into like, you know, the winter months where it really starts to then crunch down and you you get a feeling of what the league's going to look like. And I mean, um, team team wise then, is, are we making much changes? Do we keep the same 11? Nope. Don't change your winning I'd, 11? I'd keep the same 11. Yeah. And we don't really have, I, th- I think that a lot of the players that are coming back from injury aren't necessarily ones that we were desperate for Might anyway. Start. It's going to Blues be in another few weeks. Likely. 
Yeah, but you know, Ali played so well at wing back. I mean, maybe you'd play Williams at wing oh, back no, and Ali up front. Team, I, I would too, team. because you know Smith didn't do too badly. He had that one shot from edge of the box, which was a terrible decision. But you know, he didn't really get a chance so uh, to score. I mean, so maybe he would this season. Going to give him another chance, and uh, you know, the team won, and um, you can you know change it off the bench again. Uh, and then I think really once uh, in a few more weeks with the chance window done and maybe a cup game or two, hopefully if we win on Tuesday, then, you know, we'll, we'll start to think about switching around and getting our best 11. But for the moment, we haven't many, we haven't got many options. So stick with it, winning team. I mean, like we say, I think the the, the only concern I'd have is um, whether or not Ali Ar can perform to the similar standard that he set at that game away at Preston where it's going to be a bit more physical. I think I'm going to be under the cost a bit more because um, obviously he's going to lack a bit more of that defensive um, oh, intelligence, yeah. maybe get caught out position kind of thing because that, that long ball, like I said, from Bristol that was going over to the right-hand side was usually because Ali I was further up the pitch and I don't know, maybe we'll sit a bit deeper in this game with it being away. Um, but I I mean I wouldn't I, I wouldn't also be be mad that we'd play the same eleven, like we say, you don't really change your winning team. And he played really well there, so we can't just go on the basis that he might not play well in the next game, I suppose. It's but would be very and good. Last season our away form was so brilliant. Um I think it you know it, it ended because we got a bit unlucky against Millwall with that strange deflected goal and then Bristol were on the beach. So hopefully our way of form second half of the season continues and uh you know i think it's possible the new players have changed up the team a bit so that won't be the case but hopefully it just improves and um you know i think it'll be another close game but really i think the most important thing is another good performance um you know keep progressing and hopefully one of the strikers scores a goal and gets that confidence going into what you say is going to be a tough run Mm. Score predictions then, Will? Well, I'm now currently 100% on the score predictions. I'm saying 2-1. Um, right. So here's, it's time to ruin that by saying 1-0. One 1-0? All. One all. I'll take that. Nathaniel? Yeah, I said it on the preview yesterday uh, and another boring one, uh, agreeing with Will. I think 1-0. I, I don't know if... Uh, we got a little lucky with the goals, but I think we'll score a good goal but um, still need to work on, you know, the team journey a bit. So, you know, an away point, that'd be good. But I think, yeah, uh, one all. I'm going for an entertaining 2-2 draw and Jacob Greaves will score one of them. He won't. No, he's going to save it to an important You're game. You're after my own heart, aren't This is his time. He's going to have, have this, this, this something in the his time and it was against Malaga. <laughs> yeah, in a pre-season yeah. friendly. That'd be the only goal he ever scores in all City Colours. And it's not an official one. That'd be gutting, wouldn't it? Well, speaking uh, of Greaves scoring, um, shall we mention it quickly? What did we think of the set pieces on Saturday? Because that's one thing that needs to improve at- attacking-wise. Because uh, Surrey had I mean, like I five. Can't, and... I, can't, I, was, I can't disagree with the, def- the way our defenders moved in the box because Surrey's ball never got to them. Mm. Yeah, well, I, th- I think I, I was uh, I was disappointed with the, the quality of delivery from series corners on the most part. Was, yeah, I feel like City have had this case, barring that League One season, where whoever takes our corners, no matter how good a set piece specialist they are, they cannot beat the first man. I don't know what it is. Snodgrass did okay, I think, for us um, whipping them in. But since then, I, I feel like I feel like we haven't really had set piece specialists except that League One season, because I don't really think Bowen taking them was very good and Grisicki. I'm not overly got, sure about to be fair Bowen and Grisicki scored a few free kicks yeah mm. but the delivery wasn't quite as good um, but I think we look at... if the delivery equals a goal I'll take that yeah that's fine but that's a different sort of thing isn't it so uh, I think I know, yeah. um, we looked more dangerous um, than last season but uh, when the ball got closer to the players but the delivery from Seri needs to work a little bit uh, I, I personally think that Greaves is going to benefit from having Figs in the team. And I'll explain why. I think Figueredo is going to attract some of the um some of the some of the more aerial threats from the opposition to mark him. Because I mean Oscar should as well, considering his previous in Portugal. 
Yeah, I think players will have identified Greaves last season as somebody who's going to could potentially get into a goal scoring opportunity from a set piece and marked him. Whereas this season with Figueredo in the mix, it's going to be like, all right, the focus on him and maybe Greaves picks up an extra pocket or two. I'm, I, I, I mean, I, I'm expecting yeah. Figs to get three or four. Um, he looks pretty fairly decent in the air. Um, if we can get that delivery right. Uh, three centre halves. You should be scoring quite a few set pieces throughout the season, shouldn't you? I think that's definitely one one thing we had to work on from last season. Is yeah. is getting the the get some. That looks like his yeah. Jones, scoring headers. Jones got his first towards the end of last season, so hopefully that's him sort of off off the ball and going and <laughs> yeah, you know, set piece. I think because if, if if we can add some obviously set piece goals to our game, that could be the difference between you know challenging the top six or just sort of obscuring in the middle of the table and. Yeah. Especially last season, we probably would have been safe a lot sooner if we could score set pieces. I mean, I think we only had one penalty last season, didn't we? And we're going to skied it. Um, so yeah, I thought Tufan was going to miss. I didn't have any confidence. Uh, really. Honestly, not because, because bad, of... just because we've not scored one in so long. Because of the people that were sat behind me, I prayed that Tufan scored that goal. Because if he didn't yeah, score, it would have... the same. Because yeah, the, especially on Twitter and stuff, you know, he looked really good, and uh, he's got the like technique, him. hasn't he? It was really well taken. It's been a while since I've been that scared at a Hull City game as I was waiting for that penalty. Mm. <laughs> I know. I mean, I just, I, I think the the relief of the cheer when he went in was was. Oh, it was brilliant. Was was huge. Um, but you don't want to be too antisocial when you're celebrating it, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we we've got to calm down, guys, because. Um, Apparently, we were, we, there was some misbehaving people. There wasn't. I mean, can I just can I go on? I mean, I mean M4, I, I... M4 did go mental, but it wasn't. There wasn't anyone kicking shit no. out of another person. In fact, I... Bristol City fans were fine outside of that smirk bomb. Yeah, Bristol City fans were fine. I, I genuinely think that's the only incident you can from. refer to that was. Yeah, I mean, I had my four-year-old daughter with me, and I was fairly happy with what happened in the north stand. So. Do you know what I mean? If it was really that antisocial, you wouldn't be even considered. I mean, kids to be there, fair, right? you were in M4. You wouldn't have been happy in M4. With... Well, no, I was in. I was in M1. I was practically in the it West End. Uh... It may have been utter chaos and pandemonium when Seri's ball looped in. Yeah. I was. I was almost was. in the in the West End. I, I could smell the problem. There, there was nothing you could class as antisocial at all. It was just. When anything that got close to it was just a typical banter between home and away fans that you have at every game. Yeah. This like the, yeah, the Bristol City fans were great, I thought. I thought they were, I think because we had we created a good atmosphere, they in turn created one as well. And I think them scoring first probably helped that to be fair. Do um, we think then uh, the moving of the fans back into the north stand is a good idea? Because I me I personally, think... yes, because of where I sit. Um, I can understand why people are happy because it was done without really any consultation, to be fair. Um, and I think it really, you won't be able to give it a full idea of the test of it until someone comes and fills that away. And so, mm-hmm. when, so say when we play Sheffield United, there's a good yeah. test of what it'll be like. Because to me, it just makes sense because to improve the atmosphere at a stadium, especially one like ours where it was only really the east stand that generated any form of atmosphere you've now got two stands that generate atmosphere the east stand are also going to be joining in aren't they so you're going to have you're going to have two stands sort of you know bantering the the away fans and atmosphere wise noise wise it's going to be a lot better i mean i enjoyed my years in the north stand when they first did it i know the reasons behind it were quite uh quite poor and flawed but um now you sort of see the benefits of having fans behind the goal. And, and, and the thing and is, how often, how often do you see it's a very rare to have a, a stadium where behind a goal is all the way fans? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's very rare. rare. They took them in the corner, don't they? Yeah, normally, yeah, most places took them in the corner or on an upper tier. Mm. Give them the West Stand upper. No, no. <laughs> that's a tricky idea. Hopefully at some point we can that, get... But that is actually a really stupid idea when you think about it logistically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Horrendous. Yeah, or the West End lower would have to wait. Or they'd have to empty the home fans first. So that would be funny. 
Yeah, do that. You're annoyed away fans. They have to wait until all the home have, have left before they can come out. All, all I can imagine, though, is if it's like that adjun just standing in his box, just giving it the big one up at the, the West Upper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'd love it. He'd love it. Um, I don't think there's anything else left to cover for the Preston game, then. Um, I think uh, the, the Bradford game, maybe we can give a quick mention. We're probably unlikely to have done anything before that game. Um, It'll be nice to have a cup run. And I think. It'll be great for fitness, but if we win, it'll be even better because then that's another game that we can use for fitness to help the team because I think really, especially more than any other season, we, we really need more minutes into the new players. Yeah. So would, would you play like the usual starters or are we go for a rotation 11? Mix. Yeah. Well, we, it has to be mixed because you need to... Uh, we haven't really got many... Um, we haven't got a whole 11 Exactly. So um, it'll be mixed, but uh, yeah, I think it'll be fairly strong because usually I feel like in previous seasons they do sort of keep it strong, especially early because you want that fitness. So uh, and yeah, it'll be good to have a cup run. I think it's been a while since we've been to Bradford as well. It's been it's been a while. It was a nice town when we last went. Um, it was very good. It was a lovely day. I don't know if Nathaniel was even born. Wow. Well, I was born in 2002. When, when was the last time we were in Bradford? Yeah, he was 2004. He was alive. Right. I was two years old. Wow. Yeah, it was, that's in my top five away days. Was like, we, we took, we took, uh, we filled two stands, didn't we? Yeah. Um, there was more, I, there were almost more City fans than Bradford fans there. It felt yeah. like it anywhere. Yeah. And um, uh, Bambi, Bambi and Elliot scoring one set. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember. I remember the second goal going in, and that essentially in the Man City kit, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I that, that pretty shit. much sealed promotion that season, didn't it? That win because Bradford. That was the, the game. That was the game yeah. that did it. Yeah, and we. I just remember the inter- that all the City fans singing, "We're just too good for you," and uh, Bradford fans leaving in in, in anger. It's quite funny. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm gutted because I intended to go to that because it's on a Tuesday. I'm at work. I can't go. I'm off, but you got it on telly. Yeah, yeah, I can really tell you what I can, I can watch it. Surrounded by Leeds fans. Mm. I don't know who they'd prefer to win. Probably us, to be honest. Because mm. we're not their rivals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As they tell I think us. we'll win that. <laughs> yeah. I hope we win. 2-0, anyway. yeah. City. Yeah. Probably. Tete and Cannon. Yeah, to score. Cannons. I forgot he existed. Um, right, I think football-wise, we've covered pretty much everything. Um, I think there's only a couple He's come home. Oh, yes. it did come home. Any, anybody who watched, uh, obviously, the, 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 the Women's World Cup, um, it finally... You mean the Women's Euros? Euros. For God's sake, man, get it right. Euros. I don't know. It's and because I, I was talking about the World Cup was. earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, we underestimate how big a win that is in general for, obviously... Uh, the women's football in in, in general. Uh, do we do we expect like um, an increase in attendance in women's super league games? Do we think? Is that I hope so. up a bit? Well, I would say this. I know everyone's clamoring for uh, t- uh, ex- obviously going to the super league. There isn't many women's super league teams. Go to your local women's team, whoever it is. Mm. I'd love it. Loads of people went to the whole city ladies. Whole city ladies need to be partnered back with the club, right? As soon as possible. The 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 Hull City ladies at the moment, I'm pretty sure don't even uh, don't even put, they're in they're across the bridge, I believe. Um, it's really tough for them to Here find a ground. The player bad. So, yeah. So, um, I believe that that there are certain places that are trying to um encourage the rejoining of. Obviously, the well, were they ever actually together in the first place? Or was it all? Were they always a separate entity? I think they were always separate, weren't they? I'm not sure. I couldn't comment on that. They might have been. They might not have been. I don't think they were. Yeah, they need but I to think, be I think, linked up. Yeah, all all professional clubs should be looking at encouraging more to to obviously. I don't know. Maybe doing offers if they have got a partnered official women's club or something like that that they can offer tickets to. Encourage more people to come down, sort of push it a bit more like they do the, in the men's game because I think in general you don't really see much about it. Thanks to this Euros, uh, I think we'll probably see quite a lift in in, in women's sport in general. Um, uh, I'll probably I'm right. So I, we, I watched I watched women's football not massive amounts, but I already watched it and I already liked it. So I knew it was nice seeing some vindication for it. Mm-hmm. 
and it the, needs to be capitalised on soon. They'll be playing uh, the USA in October. Um, as long as they qualify for the World Cup, which they will. Um, they're meant to be playing the yeah, That was another thing. At Wembley, 87,163, I want to say it was. It's the highest yeah, attendance for a men's or a women's Euros game. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? I found his mind. I, I couldn't believe when I heard that. Well, I men's suppose it's just that. It's because of the um, stadium, isn't it? Uh, it's such a big stadium and it wasn't full for um, the men's because of COVID. It was 60,000, wasn't it? So, But when you look at clubs, you look at the nations and stadiums that have hosted the Euros before, like obviously it's been on in, yeah, it was it on in space, it's been, it's been at the Bernabeu, it's been at the Olympico in Rome, it's been at very, it's been on at the, I think it's been on, at, oh no, it wasn't in Berlin's Olympic Stadium, it was in Munich's. Um, but it's been at some massive stadiums in the past and the fact that the previous attendance was I think 79,000 record attendance in the Euros. So mm. he smashed it. Yeah, was, which is which is like we say, it's it's amazing to see. Um, I think the hype from radio stations, from people in the street, it was there, there was something different about this Euros. Uh, I'm actually slightly annoyed I couldn't get the England share because it's only in women's and kids' fit, which is fair enough because that is the main audience. Yeah. Uh, just to answer that previous question, by the way, uh, there is a Hull City ladies. They're just not affiliate of Hull City AFC. Um, it is. Um, they're, they're 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 basically their own club, um, and they play in Barton. Was it was it Will um, across the bridge? So I think there's a big big inclinations in trying to to merge the two. Hopefully the the, the two clubs can come to some form of um, agreement where they can sort of integrate themselves as part of Hull City AFC if it's possible. Um, because obviously you'd be it'd be silly not to take advantage of you know the the huge increase in 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 attention towards the women's game uh, after the Euros and um, hopefully something like that can then sort of push further um, attendance um, you know hopefully increase the money in the women's game to a bit more investment um, and being having an official Hull City ladies team I mean would you go watch them Will if you had the chance if the you know City were oh, away definitely definitely Barton's only across the river I mean it would be nice if they were on this side of the river to be honest um, but I mean, I'd absolutely go a few times if I could. I mean, it's, it's cheap to go to watch the women's game as well. I think, I hope a lot of more people do go, to be fair, now. Mm. I really do. I mean, I think you, you, you I, hopefully we don't just get a flash in the pan few um, attendances where it's like, oh, the, the women's Super League's going kind of thing and then it dies off. Um, well, I don't think we will, I think. Because there's going to be a lot at the moment. Obviously, it's behind the men's game because the professional is it professionalization isn't there like it is in the men's game. But I think it's going to become more professionalized over time. Obviously, most English, all the main English clubs are uh, professional, and most obviously most of those players play professional too. But it shows how quickly it's changed. Because when we last played in the Euros final in 2009, I think it was when we got smashed by Germany 6-2. It was a semi-professional side. Our the England side wasn't even professional. And then 13 years later, the winning the Euros. Um, I actually didn't know the answer to this question, so I've just had a look for you. They're um, in the Women's they National are, League. They're in the, the Women's National League Northern Premier Division. What does that mean? The third level of the pyramid. So essentially right. League One standard, I think. Um, it's the below... equivalent of the, yeah, because it's the equivalent of the old, divi- the old Division Three North and South, yeah. which used to have before the Premier League. Oh, well before the Premier League. It's yeah, it's essentially the third division split in so the main the top flight's obviously the Super League, but that's mainly because it, it's all professional teams, it's rare that you get much difference. Then there's the National League underneath that, then there's the National League North and South. Uh about moving to any athletes to the ground. I, I saw something about that on Twitter. I don't know if it's um official. Have you seen anything on it, Will Nathaniel? Yeah. Well they've mentioned it. Was it, posted right? our, it was posted in our group chat at one point. I think before the preview was going to do about um, I can't remember what the wording was. It was to do with at the getting contact with the council about changing the moving the training ground from Cottingham and moving all the academy into well, they want to try and get them right right next to the stadium. I think, mm. which would make sense. 
trying to find the article now. It's great live podcasting this. They have definitely mentioned it, but that'll have to take time, surely. They won't just be able to do that. Maybe it'll be next summer or something, but these things always... Well, it, re- it requires getting permission. What they want to do will require getting... Right, I found it. It's They want to have sort of a freehold on the KC, or the MKM, sorry, mm-hmm. at first, which means essentially... Fully enough, where it all began with the Allens earning the KC. It isn't like an official earning. It's like you have you pretty much control it, but you don't actually own the land. Um, mm. but they want to start with that, and they kind of want to build. I don't want to compare it. They want to try and they want to try and build the what Man City have got. Essentially, they want to try and build like a, a footballing sort of village type thing near the stadium. Where you could have like you whatever the academy is, where the training ground is, and all that sort of thing, or built all together, like near the ground. I think Adrian doesn't like that the training ground is well outside of the city. I don't think he likes it. It's that fact. It's all over in Cottingham. And to be honest, it's kind of an outdated training ground now as well. There's not much to it at all. It's just pitches. It's a couple of boxes. And pitches and a couple of pitches and there's not much to it and it feels like we keep getting it, we seem to get loads of injuries in training and I feel like that happens more and more frequently now and I have a feeling it's partly due to the training ground possibly yeah. it could be um, Gabe if you're on about the away shirt that I'm wearing it's um, it's all on the link tree mate it's the S66 merchandise it's, website he's obviously on about the whole city shirt stop being so arrogant yeah. <laughs> the black kit the city one um, I'm hoping that they're going to wait until they've got a substantial amount of stock before they officially release it I've already because... said they've ordered four times the amount of stock they ordered for yeah, last because, season because you're going to have the people that didn't get one last season that want one this season and then obviously there's the update version with the Corridon Airlines on as well so got to, it's going to be an in-demand kit I mean personally I want the away one first I have I have got the black I one as well I also want the white away one first yeah I've got I've got the I've got the black one from last season but I just don't know where it is I need to scour the house and find it uh but yeah I'm, I'm quite happy that we've we've kept it on as a third kit I got mine <sighs> I thought it was two it's still on when 16 on the back <laughs> no no well well when when I got Elder this, I didn't, I didn't know about Elder being, uh, long being amazing. I probably won't get it this season either. You know, I'm not five anymore. Fair play. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think football-wise, that's pretty much us covered. Uh, unless anybody else has got any other questions before we finish. And just uh, one family, one dream, up the Tigers. Yes. Uh, a couple of things that I'm going to encourage uh, anyone that's listening to to maybe get a part of. Uh, a good friend of mine, Rich Anderson, is doing a, a sponsored bike ride from Hull to Hornsey, which I believe is, I don't know if it's there in back, I think it's only there. Uh, 26 miles, so it will just be there, will it? Um, in raising money for Andy's Man Club, which obviously is the, the partner charity of this podcast, which we raise money for through the shirts. Um, the information to donate is on our social media. It's it's he's, he's kind of doing it himself, so you need to get in touch with him to do so. You can't give us money to do it. Um, but he's 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 only just basically opened up his donations in the last couple of days, and we're already at three hundred and fourteen pound raised. Um, so if if anyone feels like they want to donate to that, obviously Andy's Man Club, if you don't know, is a men's mental health charity. They offer support groups where you can go and sit down on a Monday night. If you feel like you maybe had an overwhelming week, you can go in and just basically let off some steam. Um, get that conversation that maybe you, you'd so desperately needed, but can't feel, well feel like you can't do at home, which can be quite tough. Obviously, as men, uh, obviously they're there to break that stigma and let you know that there is people that care. So do go talk, and like we say, Rich is raising money for them. So go head over to our social media, have a check it out, and donate if you can. Um, and obviously, the Amber Circle group uh, on Facebook, uh, a, a bit more of a friendly way to actually chat about City on Facebook. Um, as we all know, the other groups maybe aren't so... a fans forum that isn't shit. Yeah, uh, there's nearly a thousand members in there. Uh, we post exclusively in there now. None of the other city groups will see any of our content now. We are officially part of Amber Circle. And so, if you want to sort of talk to us, uh, you want to talk and, and, and see some of our extra content that maybe you've missed on the socials, you will see it in that group. Uh, so, do get uh, that. Also, is a link on the link tree. So, do head over and go join that if you can. Uh, and like I said, episode again is sponsored by Six Yards Out and Pearson's Bar. Uh, and I've been out your host or Ozan Tufan apparently because I look like him 
Um, I'm not seeing the resemblance yeah. personally, <laughs> but um, I, I'll own it and I'll go with it. Uh, Will's bid on, uh, Nathaniel's bid on. Uh, Nathaniel is obviously, uh, can I just also say, uh, I don't know if you've been watching the previews, Will, but Nathaniel is absolutely smashing it. Uh, well, I don't watch anything that's just Nathaniel. Oh, <laughs> the preview episode. If anyone watches the preview episode, um, I offered Nathaniel the chance to have this as his thing, and he took it, and I think he's absolutely smashing it. And he hosted the last episode, so uh, I think he's he's doing very well, and I might be able to retire um, and just leave Nathaniel to do it. Quitting already? Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, and obviously we had Joel on for a couple of seconds. It was nice to have Joel on. Yeah, it was uh, so Joel is still part of the podcast, uh, um, as you saw very briefly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so hopefully we can get him on a full episode in the future. Um, I think we've got a couple of good guests lined up uh, on future episodes. Like I said, do make sure you like and subscribe because we, the preview episodes, for example, will not be released uh, on audio. So if you're going to want to listen and watch them, you've got to be subscribed to see the channel uh, and get reminders that they're coming up whenever we go live. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining me, boys. Uh, we, uh, We will see you next time. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.